0: Welcome back. It's Keeping It PC Season 2, Episode 25. Week 1 of the NFL season has officially concluded. And my oh my, what a week it was. Quite the number of storylines to get into. But we'll start with possibly the biggest. Definitely the most recent. And definitely the most painful for my New York Jet fans out there. Aaron Rodgers. A measly 75 seconds into his Jets career goes down with a season ending Achilles injury. Out for the season. And now it's back to square one with Zach Wilson. Um, I don't know about you guys. I was watching this game and, you know, it's like the most Jet thing that I think could possibly happen. They finally have a glimmer of hope. They finally have. What a lot of people thought, I thought, were a real team that was ready to compete. And now you don't really know where they are with Zach Wilson as their quarterback. Um, what, do you, what was your guys' instant reaction when, when Rodgers went down? And obviously, there was a lot of speculation about what it was. Was it an ankle injury? Was it a, a calf injury? Was it a Achilles? Now we know it's a torn Achilles out for the season. What do you guys think?
1: Ugh. <sighs> That it I'm not even a Jets fan. I mean, the Jets are kind of my second team, so I have a little bias with it, but I was really hurt. Like I felt like my Achilles was injured when he hurt his. I was so upset to see him go down. We were I think all of us were talking pretty highly of the Jets this offseason because of Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, they were considered to be one quarterback away from contention. Well, the main consensus I see Pat shaking his head a little bit there, but it's all right. Um, we, um, I, at least I spoke highly of the Jets, like I was saying, but, um, with Zach Wilson in charge now for what seems to be the rest of the season, unless we see a free agent signing or something, I saw ESPN post something like, what, what if Cam Newton signs or something like that? What if, what if the Jets sign
0: Colin Kaepernick who hasn't played in the league for like seven years?
1: (laughs) It was like a million (laughs) random quarterback names that like you heard of in like maybe 2015, Making a little comeback, I guess, but obviously we'll probably see Zach Wilson. But uh absolutely heartbreaking. Nothing else I can really say there. Just it broke my heart and I'm not even a Jets fan. I
2: I was I was stunned. I, I felt robbed. I felt um I felt like everything I hoped for to see with the even like them not even if they weren't gonna be, you know, the greatest team in the world, I was just looking forward to a Jets team with hope, you know, a Jets fan base with hope. And now I feel like it's just going to loom over them for the rest of the season. Like, damn, if we had Aaron and every time you lose now, every time you lose now because of a game that Zach Wilson throws two or three picks or makes mistakes, everyone's going to be saying, well, if we had Aaron, if we had Aaron. So that's, that's a part that, that really sucks about it. And the other part that sucks is we have to watch Zach, Zach Wilson play football again, and I famously have said or did say in the 2021 draft that Zach Wilson was the best quarterback in that draft. So now every time I see him play football, I cringe because if you even disguise the coverage a little bit, he's going to throw the ball to you. <laughs> uh, so that's I think that's kind of the, the biggest part that sucks about it for Jets fans. It's like. Now every result is going to be well. If we had Aaron, this wouldn't be a loss. So that's that's the biggest kind of heartbreak.
0: I mean, huge what if? Yeah, I mean, Zach didn't play terrible last night. He wasn't great by any means, but he he you know he was in there taking hits. Uh, Obviously, they had a great comeback win. But before we talk about the game, because I had a little something to say about Josh Allen and the Bills, who take a very very Hmm. tough loss (laughs) against the now led Zach Wilson, um, Jets. I want to read you two texts from my neighbor, my former neighbor, who is a lifelong Jets fan. All, all I, what I sent him last night, I sent him before the game started, I said, a new era begins in New York. And he just texts me, like, <laughs> as soon as he goes down, he just says, we're cursed. 42 years, <laughs> and I'm sick of it. <laughs> so, I mean, that's kind of the epitome of, of what Jets fans are feeling right now, but let's talk a little bit about the Bills because Josh Allen had awesome. three interceptions in that game, and to be honest, <laughs> he really cost them the game, I think. That performance was not good, not good from, a, from somebody you expect to be one of the premier talents in the league.
2: Yeah, I mean, he was, he was... listen, the ball, it was, it was rough weather outside, I understand that. And the first pick was an arm punt. But you gotta be better. You cannot you cannot turn the ball over three times, fumble twice on one play, gave gave the Jets the ball. It's short field in a crucial, crucial moment. The two picks, uh the one down the field you can live with, taking a shot to digs. It was I believe it was second down. You can live with that one. The second one, the the one the one, the third one, excuse me, the third one on the corner, you, you, that can't, that, that one is unacceptable. And the, the last two turnovers, the fumble and the, and the pick on the corner were brutal, brutal. First of all, the timing of them. And second of all, the play by Josh Allen. It was brutal. Outside of those two plays, I thought he played well the rest of the night. There were some inaccurate throws, but obviously you can't have those two big turnovers. And, I, and I, I've said this about Josh Allen. When he's going, he is on Mahomes' level, 100%, no doubt in my mind. Then he has his moments of becoming Brett Favre, where he can't help himself but to take a shot into triple coverage and throw a pick or force a ball to a receiver that's not open. And it it ends badly when you play a really good defense with a really good secondary like the New York Jets. They're going to take advantage of that stuff.
1: Yeah, what a terrifying start for the Bills there. I mean... Obviously, not the worst start that we've seen this week. We'll be talking about the Giants very soon here. But you have to be terrified if you're a Bills fan, especially if you're a week one kind of guy that you make what you see in week one kind of decide how the rest of the year is going to look for your team. It was really on and off for Josh Allen. But one thing you have to give to Josh Allen is in the fourth quarter with like two minutes left, he always turns it up. Like he'll always at least tie the game, I feel like. Like he'll get that last score for you if you need it. So he'll always have that on his waist or on his behind his belt. But I mean, the, f- the first three quarters, what was he doing out there? I mean, we saw flashes obviously, but the three picks, he just looked lost out there at times, uh, kept this team in it, but the jets had a bad day, but I guess they ended it with a good ending there on the punt return.
2: And it- he was, you know, he was under pressure a lot. and, and, and with the weather conditions. The first pick again was an arm pump. The second one he was under pressure, takes a shot to dig. You can live with that. The next two turnovers uh, you, those can't happen. Especially the fumble. Uh, he, he fumbled twice in one play and gave them the ball at midfield. That can't happen. Uh, you have to be better than that.
0: Like This is something we talked about in the offseason was are the Bills legit? What's their offense looking like? Is Allen going to have to play hero ball? And I, I brought up, I, I think LT might have brought up two concerns over Allen's turnovers. And Cole's always mm. deflecting, deflecting the blame off of Allen. And I agree the first one was an arm punt. The first one was whatever you live with it. The third pick and the fumble to give the Jets um, ball midfield lost in the game. So I think he's just got to be more careful with the ball, man. He's just, he's got to, what is, what year is this now? His fourth, fifth year? I think it
2: might, it's fifth
0: or sixth. Fifth, or, fifth or sixth of the year. I mean, he's, the decision-making has got to take a step up if he wants to be in that same category as a Mahomes, as a Burrow who played like ass this week. We'll get to that. But you know, who is you know a very consistently great quarterback. But let's move on to somebody else we talked a lot about in the offseason, which is the New York Giants. A little bit of anticipation. They got Saquon Barkley back. They re-signed Daniel Jones. They got Darren Waller only to be fucking embarrassed by the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football, forty into nothing. I don't even think the score does it justice, to be honest. This was one of the most lopsided games I have ever seen in my life. You knew the game was... You knew the kind of the game was over. That blocked field goal <laughs> was such a deflator for the Giants that you kind of knew the game that. was over from there. And Daniel Jones played terrible. I mean, the Giants, just as a team, just absolutely stunk up the field I'm gonna turn it over to my two resident Giants experts my two co-hosts guys What was that like watching your team get get dismantled by the boys?
2: I I I, I want to start here and I want to talk About Daniel Jones for a second because the By no means am I saying he was good at all he made some stupid throws and uh, you know the, the stat line doesn't look good either, but the man was under pressure every single drop back. That, that was the most pathetic pass blocking performance I've maybe ever seen in my life. I I I, I think I counted five times where Evan Neal his get off was so slow and he was so slow to, the, to he didn't even get a hand on on Dorrance Armstrong, Michael Part- whoever was rushing him. Mark Lewinsky might as well not have been on the field. Uh, he, was, he was like he was like a, a, a broken window. Uh, <laughs> I, that, it was honestly pathetic. And Jones was running for his life. He didn't play well, but I'm not putting too much of the blame on him there. The receivers couldn't get open. I, I mean, the, those Dallas DBs had the locks on our receivers. The locks on our receivers. Gilmore looked like his, his uh, defensive player of the year season. So I think it was a combination of the Cowboys' defense was fucking unstoppable in, in coverage and uh, p- rushing the passer. And the Giants' o line just was a, a revolving door. So you put those two things together, plus the special team's mistake, plus Daniel Jones with some errant throws, and that's what's going to happen to you.
1: I don't want to stay talking about the offensive line, but I just find it absolutely disturbing that they haven't had a good offensive line in nearly a decade, I think. It's probably been a decade. I really looked through it the other day, and that is disturbing. We had Eli Manning. He had to play out the last end of his career, just absolutely getting ransacked almost every play. He couldn't even get three and a half seconds like normal quarterbacks are supposed to get. His entire last part of his career, absolutely sickening to watch for all these years and you look at Evan Neal and especially Mark Kowinsky in this game, especially it was the two worst performances that I've seen since I have to say probably Eric flowers. If you remember that in like 2016, yeah, 2015, absolutely abysmal offense in this game. And it completely turned me off for this season. I apologize for speaking so highly about the giants. I mean, I'm as a fan I'm going to continue watching as it's my thing, but I am absolutely turned off this season because of that atrocity of a game. Lt. Lt. Is the season over? Yeah. You call the season over after one week? I was texting in the group chat that the season was, was over, <laughs> half jokingly, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not. Gonna it it felt like it though. Did it, it really did? When you lose forty to nothing week one, which is on its own unprecedented. You Almost as a fan, you have to say, fuck it, this season's over. And that's how I feel. They have to prove to me that they're a good football team because right now they're down there with the Cardinals when it's in my book. So they have to turn the fuck up or I'm not supporting this team this year. And, dude, speaking of the Cardinals, I didn't think I'd be saying this, but week two
2: at Arizona, that's a test for the Giants. (laughs) Why why is is this a test for the Giants? Dude, that when I when I really thought about that, I was like, they played the Cardinals this week. Holy shit. They might be on the Cardinals level, and this game is gonna show it.
1: It's gonna like, be a close game. <laughs> oh, oh, close
2: I, I didn't think I did not think I'd be saying that in week two, but I mean it was just I, I don't wanna like I don't it's wanna dig that deep in, but damn the old I, I mean, damn, it was pathetic. I've never seen that was like borderline what Mahomes had in, in the Super Bowl against the Bucks. Like, that was pathetic. Yeah, they, they that they was
1: pathetic. But,
2: but, but the thing is, the thing is, when Mahomes was the, in the Super Bowl, that was his second and third stringers. These were our first string offensive linemen, our starters. That is, uh, that is pathetic. They were turn styles. They were turn styles. Yep. Uh, I mean, uh, it, it, I that it was, was a
1: brutal it. game. It was brutal and pathetic. <laughs>
2: It
0: was, it was just so tough to watch. I, I can't even imagine as a Giants fan. I mean, the start... The, I mean, the Patriots had a terif, had a terrible start. Absolutely god-awful start, yes. which we will get to in one second. But, the, but that was pretty much the entire game for the Giants. So, like, I, so like the, Patriots, oh, yeah. the Patriots, <laughs> Patriots lost, but at least we hung with the Eagles. You know, we could have won that game. The Giants just got fucking demolished. So, we will get back to the Giants. Um, in our predictions for week two and obviously for our recap next week, but we'll move on to my New England Patriots who sadly couldn't complete the upset over the Eagles. They fell 25-20. Kend- um, Kendrick Bourne couldn't get his feet in bounds, but hey, listen, it is a good... We, we, I think we had a good, a good showing. The start was absolutely terrible. Just probably the worst start you could possibly have. Um, you know, the Zeke fumble, the, the pick six. I mean, Brady was ready to come down from the box and play quarterback because the offense looked dreadful. It looked the same as last year. But then at the end of the second half, it was 16-0 Eagles. We put together two drives, two touchdowns. It was The offense was flowing. Mac was getting protection. He was making great passes. Hunter Henry made had a great pass, great catch in the second half. So I think the Patriots showed a little bit especially offensively, we knew the defense was going to be great. And I said it, I was texting Cole back and forth. This defense is top three. I mean, the Eagles on some drives looked absolutely lost. There was three and outs, three and outs. The O-line for the Eagles only showed up in the second half, which was probably why they won the game. But, I mean, the, the way that the Patriots offense looked, especially at the end of the second half there, is very encouraging for a, a Patriots fan. Uh, so, what do you guys think of the of the game?
2: I was I was impressed with the Patriots. The, the the start was brutal, and that's what lost them the game. But I thought the last three quarters of that football game, they were the better team. Defensively, they were. I mean, they they looked exactly like I said they would be. They're, they're the best defense in football, in my opinion. To do that to this offense is it's so impressive. Because this is an offense with a ton of talent. I mean, that's the best offensive line in the league. That's arguably the best receiver duo in the league with Goddard and Jalen Hurts. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's impressive to do that. I know they're at home, and I know it was tough weather conditions, but that was an impressive stand by the defense. And then the offense, it wasn't perfect, especially early on. But you saw as the game progressed, it got better and better. Mac started looking like his rookie self, went, and sh- surprise, you give them a real offensive coordinator. Uh, you see what an offense can do. They can be okay, you know? And the, Philly has a good defense. You know, like Philly has a really good defense. Jalen Carter was wrecking shit out there. The, the, I, I had to get it in. And honestly, that whole deal. I was waiting for the Jalen Carter praise, bro. I was waiting. <laughs> it's been, yeah, it was too the, long. The, the, Eagles, the Eagles preach, get off. They preach uh, uh, your burst at the snap. And Jalen Carter, I think, had the third fastest um, time to cross the line of scrimmage of any player in the league behind Miles Garrett and Josh Sweat, his teammate, actually. But he was, I mean, they were triple teaming him at times. He had he had the uh, game-sealing sack. He was a beast for them. Philly's defense looked pretty good. Their offense was not sharp. I wouldn't be worried if I was Philly. It was on the road after a long season, tough weather conditions. Patriots fans, take this as a plus. Eagles fans, don't worry about how how your team looked. I mean, I just think the
0: outlook's great. We got rid of a, a- Raj. What are the Jets? They're they're pretty much out of contention. All right. What are the Bills? They had a tough. They had a tough loss. Obviously vulnerable. We'll get to the Dolphins in a minute, who had a very impressive showing, especially offensively in Week One. But I'm not saying the East is wide open. But the East ain't closed. It's not locked. There's no combination.
2: <laughs> what I what I'll say what I'll say about the patriots and and if you if you really want to analyze it right to me despite the dolphins big win the patriots were the best team in that division think think about if the patriots and and, and dolphins matched up the patriots defense is nowhere near as pathetic as the as the chargers and you know you saw what the chargers offense did to that to that defense they ran the ball at will on the chart on on the Dolphins so the I don't I think the Dolphins are vulnerable still uh they had a great week one victory you know but Patriots to me still the best team in that division the Jets obviously take a big hit with no Rodgers and the Bills look worse like I've been saying they would so that's that's how I'm looking at it
1: I'll tell you what I mean I'll add one last thing here um, Mac Jones, he looked pretty good. Aside from that one interception, that really wasn't even his fault. It was kind of tipped, right? I believe it was out of the hands of somebody. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yes, yeah, so like really not like an awful read or anything on his, on his end. But when you look at the Patriots, it's really like a team. If that quarterback is, I dare I say elite, but just good enough, I feel like they can just, they'll be fine. You he's, know, he's just gotta be, he's just gotta be.
0: Competent. That's all he has to be. He's good enough.
1: Just good enough. It almost reminds me of Brock Purdy's situation in San Fran. Belichick's a smart enough coach to run an offense with a quarterback who's just good enough to get the job done. So the
2: only thing that is still frustrating me with Mac Jones is with the underneath stuff. He tends to get a long release, and he tends to be late. And he showed that early. It, It improved as the game went on, but early on, he was late to a lot of the stuff underneath. I mean, how, how many times do you see slants get, get blown up by the corners because Mac Jones mm-hmm. took too long to throw the ball? Things that were open. So if he can clean that up and take advantage of all the yards that are there instead of leaving some on the field like he did, I think that turns into a victory for, for the Patriots, and I think they should feel, feel good about themselves moving forward because Mac did look better as the game went on.
0: Well, we teased a little bit, but Dolphins' chargers was uh, one of the shootouts yeah. of the week. I mean, we had Tua Tagovailoa, a lot of people doubting his health. Comes in with a 466-yard performance. Tyreek Hill, absolutely astonishing. A fantasy darling. 215 yards. I mean, I miss him on my team because, you know, T. Higgins got me fucking zero points this week, by the way. Um, You know, Tyreek Hill is absolutely... He's he's, he's somehow still underrated. I think he's somehow still underrated. Oh, yeah. I don't understand how. He's still, like... Nobody talks about how good this guy is.
2: So a wide receiver. It's unbelievable. But he's, he's, he's so... I honestly... I think I started to underrate him. Because I Me forgot... Too. I forgot... I didn't forget, but for some reason I didn't factor in just how game-changing Tyreek Hill really is. And you saw it. Like I want, Tua had a great performance. I don't want to take anything away from him. He made some of the best throws I've ever seen him make. And he made plays out of structure that I've never seen him make. There were times where he was classic Tua, but back back to the point about Tyreek Hill, it's like he's getting so ridiculously open that how can you not put up those numbers at quarterback for for the Dolphins? Like he, there were t- times where he, he was so unbelievably open. It's like that doesn't even make sense. How how is and and McDaniel's. Uh, Mike McDaniel is amazing with with his schemes, getting people open over the middle of the field. And you know what? If Tua is going to hit throws down the field, uh, outside the numbers, like he did in that game, and he wasn't perfect at all times, but that throw in the fourth quarter where he steps up in the pocket off one leg—that I mean, that's the best throw I've seen Tua make in, in his life. Then, then a big clutch moment, and he—you know—he he made. Listen, he didn't look like the Tua of last year. I'll say that. Like he made some ridiculous throws. There were some balls I thought probably were still looked like he ran out of club a little bit or didn't have perfect ball placement. And you want those to be all cleaned up. But I mean, if he's going to make plays like he did uh, uh, there, I mean, what are you going to do with that offense?
0: Cole and Liam to a certain extent as well. I have a question. How, why did the chargers lose this game and why was it Justin Herbert's fault? (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, you wanted to i'll start let me start this one because i'm the one who usually calls him out a lot. you know what i'm gonna be i'm gonna be the bigger man here and say that he played pretty well i mean like obviously the running game like cole said you got austin eckler there so obviously he's gonna be scoring some touchdowns for you again some big plays but i mean i have no complaints out of herbert he did not lose this one you can pretty much solely blame it on the defense i think it's fair to say um, I can't put the blame on Herbert for this one. I mean, I am—I don't consider myself a hater of him, but I do. I am a critic. I'll say that it's almost like uh, Cole is to Jason Tatum. I feel <laughs> sick even saying his name, but it's almost—it it is almost like it is. But I have to give him his credit where it's due. He played a pretty good game and uh, just came up short, I guess. I mean, his
2: numbers were never. Look, so you look at the numbers and they don't even come closer to us. But what I will say is that exactly why would they? Because they were running the ball at will. Like, they, I think I, I saw a stat on Twitter. I, I think by some rushing efficiency stat, it was like the seventh most efficient rushing game in the last 20 years or s- along those lines. It's wow. like 2000 maybe. So, like, yeah, he didn't throw the ball, what, 45 times and throw for 400 yards. But I thought he looked good. Yeah. Let's be, the, the defense gifted the I mean, this doesn't get talked about enough. The, JC Jackson gifted the Dolphins three points right before the half, which they lost by two. I, I know the Dolphins missed an extra point, but another thing, I, the, the last drive, I, I'll say this. Herbert made a mistake when he with the intentional grounding. He missed the check down mm-hmm. wide open. He missed a wide open check down. But shit like that happens. He, their offense put up 34 points. They, it shouldn't need to come down to, you know, a Justin Herbert intentional grounding to win that game or not. They scored 34 points. The defense should be able to hold them. Like I, I don't know. I, it's hard to blame. Them I I beg, I
0: beg the Chargers to get this man at defense. Let me give you a stat, a little stat for you to chew on. Justin Herbert has led an offense that scored. 1,233 points during his first three years. That is the most in NFL history post-merger. On an unrelated note, his defense has given up 1,256 points during that three-year span. Also the most in history for any three-year span. Please get this man a defense. Please!
1: (laughs) That's a good statistic right there. That sums it up perfect. Please! Oh my goodness!
2: The offense looked really good, and they should they should be happy with that. And I get that, you know the 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 Dolphins' offense is fast, explosive. To a played better than ever, I think. But that's pathetic. I mean, it was pathetic. Well, I mean, they they, yeah. they, gave, they gave three points. <laughs> I don't need, like I don't even understand. I was watching that uh, this morning again, and I was like, I don't even understand how you let that happen. I mean, that was borderline. Remember the the Bucks Packers. NFC Championship game, where right before the half, Brady throws a fucking 50-yard touchdown to Scotty Miller because Kevin King doesn't know how to play prevent defense. (laughs) He just lets Scotty Miller run by him with no time on the clock. I mean, what are we doing? Uh, It reminded me of that. It's like you can't just be gifting the team other points in the middle of a game. So I they have to clean they have to clean a lot of things up. Special teams, uh defense. Their offense looked really good. The run game, I'm very happy, looked really good because that's the reason they lost to the damn Jaguars. Um the Jaguars. Yeah, I, I, Jaguars. The Jaguars, bro. The am I saying that weird? <laughs> yeah, a little. A little the, bit. The Jags. The, the Jaguars. The, Jags,
0: <laughs> the Jaguars. Well
1: that's speaking, another episode.
0: Speaking of the Jaguars. Uh, they went down to Indianapolis and had a little bit of a scare there but they pulled away for the win 31-21. I think the main story of this game is Anthony Richardson who who looked pretty freaking good, I think. In his oh, debut. I mean, yeah. uh, he's uh,
1: 24
0: for 37, 223 yards, a, a touchdown where he's 20, uh, 40 rushing yards on on 10 carries and a touchdown. I mean, he's the kind of, that's the kind of explosive dynamic quarterback. You want on a team you look pretty good,
1: LT? What do you think? Just one thing. I absolutely love Richardson. i said in our draft episode, obviously, I'm extremely high on him. But he cannot lay his shoulder anymore when he's embracing contact anymore. When you're in the NFL, you just got to slide whenever there's somebody in your face like that. And we saw it. I believe he got some sort of minor injury. I don't think he'll be out for next week or anything. But he hurt himself just lowering his shoulder in these situations where he wants extra yards. Yeah. That's and it's dangerous. dangerous. You see that with Josh Allen all the time. He just doesn't yeah. dive. He's always going. At, I mean, he's a,
0: like Josh Allen's a big guy. Like you understand he wants to get extra yards, but that's going to catch up to you eventually. That is going to lead to an Absolutely. unnecessary injury. I don't understand. They mentioned that on the broadcast. when you watch the game all the time. Why these quarterbacks aren't diving. If you're not getting that many extra yards. You have to, I mean, obviously safety comes first. got to dive. Josh Allen's going to get hurt. You saw Anthony Richardson get hurt. Like probably minor injury at the end of the game because he didn't dive fighting for yards. So just just dive. And another thing, Calvin Ridley looked incredible in the first half. He looked like Randy Moss um, yeah. for his debut with the Jags. But I had a friend say I think he had one catch in the second half. I had a friend say yeah. that he that he bet on himself to not get more than like three catches in the
2: second half or something. <laughs> because,
0: so that I mean that was.
2: That's a good one. How about the, the colts the The Colts came out and kind of were just bracketing Christian Kirk the whole game, which just let the whole first half, which let Ridley just get open. And then you saw in the second half they kind of shifted that focus to Ridley and Zay Jones stepped up, Evan Ingram stepped up, Travis Etienne stepped up. So it's they have weapons galore there in in Jacksonville, and they looked really good. Lawrence, I thought I haven't watched yet the. Um, Seattle and Rams. game. I heard Stafford was amazing. I yeah, thought Lawrence out of everyone I've watched, I thought Lawrence had the best performance of any QB this weekend. Um, you know the pick wasn't really his fault. Um, the you know the the weird fumble touchdown was ridiculous. That's one of the most ridiculous plays I've ever seen.
0: That, that but Lawrence looked really good. That touchdown to Zay Jones.
2: Ooh, what, what a throw! Oh my Ooh, god! What a throw! By the way, Tua Tua had one like that too. To to Tyree Kill. I mean, my yeah. god. He uh, he fit the ball like right between the defenders like neck and shoulder and it landed perfectly in the uh, that was a ridiculous throw. What about the Battle of Ohio between the
0: Browns and the Bengals? Mm. LT your Super Bowl pick beats the yes. Bengals by three touchdowns 24 to 3. LT I mean look pretty good right now. Deshaun Watson looked all right. Defense looked incredible. The Bengals just had nowhere to go. Burrow looked Bad. Everyone just looks pretty subpar in the Bengals' offense. But are you high on the? Are you still high in the Browns LT after that performance?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the one player, especially on defense, the person responsible for shutting down this offense is Miles Garrett. I mean, he's got to be arguably the best pass rusher in football, and I really don't think it's close. I mean, you got Parsons there too, obviously, but Garrett is just an absolute once-in-a-lifetime athlete. I mean, there's no other way you can really explain that. And he's, well, finally, one...
2: and he's finally in a pass-rush-friendly system with Jim Schwartz. Yeah. And they're finally... letting,
1: yeah, they're letting him play his game, and that's what he needed since his rookie year. And another thing, I'll give a negative for the Browns since I was speaking so highly of him in our prediction videos. Deshaun Watson really has to clean up his game. That one interception looks worse than it actually was because I believe the ball was actually... tipped Tipped, yeah it was tipped but I'm not gonna give him anything I mean it was probably a bad read regardless if he was throwing it into like triple coverage but I mean hey a win's a win Cleveland took on or they beat a pretty decent team in Cincinnati I mean they didn't look it but you have to assume that they're gonna be a good team make the playoffs at least that's what I believe it was just a game where they caught the Bengals sleeping I think and hopefully the Browns can work throughout the season on it. Yeah, I mean, to me, the
2: the difference in this game was the trenches, which the Browns dominated in, and the coaching. And I, this might be a hot take, but Zach Taylor is, has a stale offense, and Kevin Stefanti was creative with what he was doing. And Deshaun Watson had, and I thought he was terrible. I, I'm just quite frankly, he was terrible. He, he was missing a ton of throws, a ton of reads. He had some nice throws. He had some nice plays. I'll tell you I what. Thought he, I thought he was terrible.
1: I mean, he kind of – I don't know if it was the fourth quarter when he threw that touchdown, but he did show up when it needed him the most, and I feel he like that's pretty big.
2: What I'll say, though, is that, I mean, the Bengals didn't show up at all. I mean, they might as well have, <laughs> have an offense on the field. Fair uh, enough. Burrow, Burrow was also terrible. He had a bad game. I think it's not even being talked about enough because everyone wants to scream about Josh Allen and his picks. I mean, did we watch Joe Burrow? I mean, he was awful. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Zach Taylor it has a stale offense, and I've been saying this for a while. And I think there are times where it just really kills them. Right, the The Browns' D line was dominating, and the receivers were running the same simple routes that were easy to defend. And for some reason, we don't like to get the ball in Jamar Chase's hands and make him let him make plays. No, we're just gonna we're gonna run him on little slants and goes the whole game and little fades. And I oh and little out routes. I mean, we just don't like to throw the ball to our best player. I see, Zach Taylor. But, you know, I'm I'm I am worried about the Bengals offense because their O line didn't look great. Their receivers had trouble getting open. I know it was wet. And Joe Burrow had trouble even throwing the ball. So the Bengals with a stale offense don't look good. Browns defense, D line specifically, Miles Garrett. Oh, did you see the play where Miles Garrett started like Doing, uh, doing between crossovers. Legs.
1: yeah, he was going between the <laughs> legs. Can you imagine?
2: Can you imagine being the quarterback and you just see you see Miles Garrett in front of you crossing over your center? And you know what the craziest thing is? He like paired that move into his actual pass rush. Like he gave the the center a little shoulder shake and just got around him and got the. pass. No, it, it's exactly hey,
0: he unreal. It's exactly the uh, the Geno Smith mic'd up, or not the? I guess it was calling on a hot mic. But you saw Aaron Donald coming straight at him. And Juno Smith's like, oh, shit. <laughs> so it's like, it's literally like that kind of feeling. Last game I want to touch on is Packers Bears. Jordan Love, who mm-hmm. we were hating on. We were hating on. He had yeah, quite
2: – we, we were not
1: hating on I, I was. LT,
0: LT and I, 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 I were giving some hate to Jordan Love, but he he showed out uh, three 245, three touchdowns. Back, uh, Packers look good, but I just think this comes down to the Bears fucking suck. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna Thomas, say, let's, let's give, say Give the man his flowers, but also the Bears fucking
1: suck <laughs> Let's see exactly yeah. let's take the, 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 the,
2: Bears, <laughs> the Bears and Packers are exactly what I said. They are the Bears they're who we thought they were Justin I, I, I they're exactly <laughs> who I thought they'd be Packers have a really good defense And they have a really good offense and Jordan Love. All he has to be is Brock Purdy. All he has to be is Mac Jones Matt Lafleur LaFleur is a creative head coach. He knows he he's he knows what he's doing. People were questioning whether he can coach or not. He had to tailor his system to Aaron Rodgers how he likes it. Now this is Lafleur's system with Lafleur's quarterback, with a good defense. I see, like they're a good team. They're a really good team. Jordan Love wasn't perfect, by the way, but he had a good game.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to go crazy and say, like, I'm wrong yet or anything, but I am starting to see the vision in Green Bay. It was against the Bears. The Bears absolutely suck. The Bears. we said that already. The Bears. But, I mean, like, I can't say that Jordan loves bad still. I mean, we'll see in the next few weeks. Maybe I can call him bad again. But for right now, I mean, I'm kind of eating my words right now. There's nothing else I can say.
2: And and you know I want to like Justin Fields the hype train was on on like so I don't want because I like Justin Fields but the hype train was so oh, undeserved too how much how many hype. how many people I I saw put him in the same tier as Trevor Lawrence was just oh. Justin Fields is such a slow processor and not even slow it's just like sometimes he'll go way too fast and just be be safe with the football and sometimes he'll go way too slow and then miss wide open first reads. People, yeah. Another thing is the Bears coaching stinks. They stink. That whole staff needs to go. Ryan Poles needs to go. I don't know why people think Ryan Poles is a good GM. We took Darnell Wright over Jalen Carter. Are we serious? Are, are we serious? Uh, he's a bad GM. Tremaine Edmonds looked terrible. TJ Edwards looked terrible. <laughs> the ba- that, that was a mess for the Bears. <laughs> they suck.
0: They they suck I think I think they (laughs) I think people got caught up the Justin field thing last year because he made some Crazy runs he made some crazy throws and they were like hey, this guy's got some talent, but he's so Underdeveloped right now. He's not where he needs to be. I don't who's putting him with Trevor Lawrence
2: Yeah, I last that a lot dude. I saw that a lot People were putting people are saying Justin Fields is the second best quarterback in the NFC behind Jalen Hurts. Are we serious? Dak Prescott leads the league in picks one year, and he's be- and J- Justin Fields better than him. Are we are we joking? But I, I don't know. The Bears they have a lot of they have a lot of issues. It's not just Justin Fields. Their D line is pathetic. Their O line is pathetic. Their receivers outside of DJ Moore are pathetic. Their coaching is pathetic. Their GM is pathetic. <laughs> they are a pathetic franchise. I mean, they're borderline. They're borderline on the Cardinals tier for me. Right on I don't mean. love, Cole. I right don't love. It's been a long time since the yeah. '80s. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we ain't got the '85 Bears anymore. Brother. This, this is the 2023 Bears, and they stink. And a lot of Bears fans thought it'd be different. I'm afraid to tell you, it's not. Well, that about wraps it up for the Week One. Very exciting
0: week. Before we leave, I want to do a quick little standings update for our picks. I'm going to swing it over to Cole D. He's going to give us a quick standings update. Who won? Who lost? Who, who who's lost their upset? Who won their, their uh,
2: Who? I can't speak English, but Cole, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so what Pat's trying to say is I'm going to give you our results from the pick. <laughs> I can't speak English either. <laughs> <laughs> okay. well, let's just start. Me. I, I went one for three with my picks. I picked the Giants over the Cowboys. I, we don't have to talk about that.
1: Exactly.
2: <laughs> my, my lock was the Jags over the Colts. I got it right. So that gives me five points. My miscellaneous pick was Seattle over the Rams. Did not come to fruition. No points there. And my upset was the Steelers over the Niners. That did not almost go well either. Almost got there, Cole.
0: I almost got that one. <laughs>
2: yeah because Matt Canada wants to run the same three routes the whole game and <laughs> okay anyway let me not start on another on another pathetic offensive coordinator and coaching but so that obviously didn't hit so i went one for 3 i have 5 points i'm in last place in second place with two correct picks and two incorrect picks is lt the giants over the cowboys you, we don't have to hit you that.
0: both <laughs> you both pick the Giants over the Cowboys.
2: <laughs> you know, so we don't have to talk about
1: that. <laughs> we that's, don't have. To. <laughs> that's why I watched the full game because I felt bad for myself for telling people that the Giants were going to be good,
2: <laughs> and nobody saw that coming, man. Nobody saw that coming. Um, your lock was the Ravens over the Texans. Yes. You get a plus five for that. Score being Origami, origami, origami. Yes. Uh, your miscellaneous pick was the Chargers over Miami. Close. Close game. So you almost got it.
1: Underestimated um, the Chargers' defense being that terrible.
2: Yeah, uh, and then credit to you, the Browns over the Bengals in your upset pick plus ten. So you I have fifteen it. points. I saw fifteen points. Game. And then Pat at three and one, the Eagles over the. He picked the Eagles over the Patriots. So that gives him plus five. His lock, unfortunately, was the Vikings over the Bucks. That'll be a minus five to the final score. Vikings in Mayfield. Vikings in midseason form already, I see.
1: <laughs> Baker's back.
2: Yeah, then yeah. your miscellaneous Cooney's pick Who Brady? Brady. <laughs> your miscellaneous pick was the Saints over the Titans. That was a close boring game. Well, not boring actually. It was a I should say it was a close uninteresting game. <laughs> it was pretty fucking boring to be um, honest. <laughs> By the way, Ryan Tannehill fucking blows.
1: Holy (laughs) shit, that guy sucks. Three awful interceptions.
2: So you get a plus five for that, which brings your score back up to five. And then you're upset. The Detroit Lions over the Kansas City Chiefs Thursday Night Football. Thank you, Kadarius. Great pick, my friend. You get a plus ten for that, which puts you at 15 points. So you and LT are tied in points, but you have the record advantage, which means next week you will pick first, LT will pick second, I will pick third, and we have another great week of football coming up.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're very excited. This is kind of how we're thinking about doing it. We're going to do a recap. Um, either on uh, a recap will drop on Tuesday or Wednesday, and then we're going to wait until injuries kind of – present themselves and we can make informed picks. And then we're going to make our picks on Saturday. All, obviously we'll mix in other sports and episodes when we want to talk about that as well. But that's kind of how the scheduling is going to go for the football season. We want to get our, we want to get our recaps want I get our reactions. We also want to get accurate picks out because it's, it's fun to make picks. It's fun to keep track of who's winning. Who's, you know, Coles obviously can't pick games to save his life. One and three already. Uh, <laughs> me and LT are going to battle for the top spot. But we'll, you know, we'll see how it goes. We'll have a lot of fun. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Keeping it a PC. You want to check out other episodes just like this? Check out our Spotify. Um, anything else you guys want to say before we uh, check out?
2: Baker's uh, back. Yeah, man.
0: In conclusion, nah, not- in conclusion, Joshua Dobbs is the second best quarterback <laughs> in the NFC. <laughs>
2: Who needs Justin Fields when you got Josh
0: Dobbs? (laughs) Justin Fields or Joshua Dobbs? I mean, uh, uh, splitting Harris. We're splitting Harris. Might be a question after this week, man. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Peace.